On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in mon Europe the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Machan show, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winter Fame. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochrecha nach Vetok Ara Igornamion on Kestian Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshetarin Griven Orkarston, Illis Duhalagis Giminefracht, Gorokligs are Dukashin Echer. Only Venown, Thardarakshin, Ven Marav. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to The Left Wing. Well, on this episode, we've got an interview with former Ireland Leinster and Toulouse player Trevor Brennan. I went to Toulouse a few days ago to meet Trevor at his bar, Brennan's, just outside the city. Trevor took some time out of the lunch hour rush to talk about life in Toulouse, his rugby playing sons, his support of France and why he's backing Ireland to go all the way in this World Cup. Well, Trevor Brennan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come out here and sit in front of your absolutely gorgeous bar. Oh, listen, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure, Sinead, yeah. I saw you work your magic inside there with your customers. Absolutely, yeah. Speaking the franglais, huh? The bear, Speaking it very well. It burned round, round the gar anyway. There was less couple of fuckles. <laughs> oh, no, you were doing very well. I think, because uh, I was looking at you before you spotted me standing right in front of you and you were chatting away. Very, very impressive, Trevor. Come here. You celebrated a milestone I birthday did, recently. Big 50 on Friday and... Uh, Fortunately, uh, I would have preferred to be in Paris, but the wife surprised me with a trip to Rome for my birthday with a couple of friends. So, <laughs> so you were uh, meant to go to the Stade uh, de France. I know, yeah. I was meant to go to the Stade de France. And of, of all the games that I've ever watched, whether it be Lions Tours, whether it be World Cups, I think that, that was a highlight. And if you talk to any of the players or supporters, it was just, it was one of them games I'd say, look back in 20 years and say, I was at that game. Like, yeah. And you had tickets to go to the, I had the game? had tickets, yeah. And unfortunately, the brother took them off me, but he was he was happy. Yeah. I met someone's day. So what was your reaction when your wife, Paula, gave you your 50th uh, birthday present? Well, I told her two weeks ago that we were going to Paris and uh, she says, no, you're not. You're going to Rome. So I said, no, I'm definitely not going to Rome. But listen, you know, happy wife, happy life. So listen, for, for once I bit the bullet. Yeah. But listen, I had a great time in Rome and uh, we watched it in a great Irish bar and the atmosphere was incredible. Uh, you could feel, you could just, you, could, you know what I mean? 
you know, right, right till the last minute, you know, it was nail bite and stuff. And, you know, obviously the, the, that decision at the end, uh, you know, obviously it was very important for us because the South Africans anywhere from 10, 15 meters out with a driving mall, they normally score, but thankfully uh, that decision went our way with the new rule changes. And uh, thankfully also they didn't have a kicker on the day because I think it could have been a different game, but... Um, yeah, no, it was just fantastic. Yeah. So tell me, when you hit your 50th, some people take a moment to reflect, to look back on life. D- yeah. Did that cause any of that new? No, listen. I always say, I always look forward rather than back because if I look back, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's been, there's been good and bad, but uh, no, listen. And I've been just so busy with the World Cup. We've just had like fans, you know, stopping by in camp camper cars and we've had English we've had Australian we've had South African we've it's had a shame Irish. there was no Irish match here actually no it is actually yeah yeah say if I obviously went up to Bordeaux for the game against Romania and that was a fantastic game fantastic atmosphere but uh, could you probably, imagine this place oh, if, if stop, Ireland were yeah, playing yeah, in Toulouse yeah. Well, it would. We've we've filled the square a few times over the years, but yeah, I could imagine it would be fantastic. Yeah, and this is one of two pubs that you have. What? How do you find being a publican? Are you do you just naturally love meeting and talking to people and making them feel welcome? Um, well, listen, something I've done for years before I started playing professional rugby, and uh, I suppose when I come over here, I just seen that there was a there was a there was a market. This is obviously my fourth pub I've owned since I've been in Toulouse. I had one pub in town for eleven years. Daydanu, uh, yeah, Daydanu, yeah. and uh, I saw that a couple of years ago. But as I said I live two hundred meters up the road, which is handy if I have a few points. You know, I fall twice and I'm home. Like, but <laughs> no, it's just something that comes naturally. I, you know, I, I, I love. Uh, I love talking to people. I, lo- I love welcoming people. I say it's, a, it's kind of a bar for everyone. We open at seven in the morning. You have all the retired people coming in, drinking their coffees. You have the mothers dropping the kids off to school, coming in for their coffees. And, you know, everyone here, they come in here to talk about, you know, whether it's Stade Toulouse, whether it's the French team, whether it's politics. It's just one of them places. Lunchtime, we do probably over 100 meals every lunchtime and the same in the evenings as well. It's just, yeah, it's, it's great. It's nearly two decades since you moved over here. And like, did you ever imagine you would stay here as long as you have? No, Sinead, listen, the call came in 2002. It's 21 years this year. Um, and originally it was only supposed to be a two-year deal. And six six months into the contract, I got called up into the president's office. And I was after getting sent off that weekend. And I thought I was in a bit of trouble. I thought they were going to be ripping up the contract. But they said they were happy and they wanted to extend the contract for three more years. So, no, no, that, that, that in itself has just been fantastic. And I suppose, you know, when I opened the bar while I was still playing... Um, you know, that was a place that all the visiting teams came, the Leinsters, the Munsters, the Ulsters, the Connachts, and, you know, uh, you know the Welsh teams. That must be lovely team. for you. fantastic yeah. and great weekends. Um, and, yeah, it was just, that was a big thing. And then when I stopped playing in 2007, uh, suddenly, you know, <laughs> uh, when I stopped playing... Uh, you know, that ha- you know, played that match on a Saturday and on Monday I was in pulling points and that was just the way it was. And then my kids, you know, were playing rugby underage level and then they kind of got picked up by um, Stade Toulouse because they put them in the small little club. They didn't want to put any pressure and they were picked up when they were kind of 15, 16 to play for Toulouse. And then, you know, they went on and they represented France, France at underage, under 18s, under 20s. They both won Six Nations, they both won World Cups. I've won playing uh, in Toulouse now with the first team. He won the Bouclier de Bernouse last year. 
The other chappy, Daniel, the eldest boy, he's in Breve at the moment. Uh, and then of a younger guy coming up, 16-year-old, he's in Toulouse as well. So no, all them things, like, I would, not, would never have dreamt, you know, when I come over 21 years ago that I'd be here, still yeah. here, like. Yeah, fantastic achievements uh, by your sons. What do you like as a dad watching them? Because you would have spent so many years, you know, your wife and your family watching you. What do you like watching them play? I, I suppose one of them fathers is when they play well I tell them to play well but when they play bad I tell them they play bad you know what I mean there's always a call within 20 minutes after a game how do you think I went and uh, you know I, I tell them listen I'm always trying to advise them not to make the same mistakes I made if I could, if I could have my rugby career twice I would have done a lot of things differently and I suppose that's you got to go through it it's like life you got to go through it to to see what's in it and you know you're always trying to pass them on advices any sports person would to their kids um, but I always get the old thing listen you know I mean rugby's changed and you know nothing. how do they and, take yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah well they reckon I wouldn't survive in the, the modern game oh, really? today that's yeah. always a slag I said listen I think it was a lot harder back in our day there was a you know what I mean it was a, it was a, it was a lot dirtier and uh, you know what I mean there was the shoeing and the rucking and the, the you know what I mean there was a you know when there was fights, there was no TMOs and there was no cameras and we got away with a lot more. Let's put it that way. Yeah, cool. and it must have been so proud, obviously, Josh winning, you know, the, the you know top 14. That must have been, describe what that was like for oh, you. Oh, it was just amazing. Listen, it fell on a Father's Day. You know, I played in two finals myself and lost both and one against Stade Francais and one against Brits. And uh, obviously when they were doing the lap of honour, I wouldn't. I didn't really want to go down, but my wife went down to the sideline. He was calling me down and just stuck the medal over the neck and said "Happy Father's Day" because oh. it was Father's. So yeah, that was a lovely, lovely moment uh, uh, there. You know I me, mean? but listen, I think he's the first Irish man to ever win a, a Bukley the Bernoulli, and, and, and uh, you know I mean that that's a special trophy. It's a bigger trophy over here, the Bukley the Bernoulli, than than would be the the Champions Cup of or course, Heineken yeah. Cup. Uh, there's just such a history and there's so many you know great players who, who played for France that have never won it like the likes of the, uh, Spanger or the likes of uh, um, Serge Blanco the, these guys you know went, went had amazing careers with France but never won a, a, a bouquet de Bernou so yeah it's special and I suppose the fact that you know you, you never quite got there with it and then just to see your to see your son oh, yeah, achieve that yeah that's it and I suppose that's why the kind of yeah, just amazing. I I think he's going to have a, a good career. And, you know, he's he's playing with the likes of Antoine Dupont and Intermac. And, you know, he would have played with Cheslin Colby when he was yeah. here. Uh, Jerome Kino, Charlie Fumana. You know what I mean? There's 10 French internationals. Thibaut Flamme, Francois Cross, Cyril Boyd, Marchand. All these guys. It, 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 for him, I just think his game will, will just come on more and more. And he's going to get a lot more game time this year because... Of so many with the World Cup, so many players being involved in the French team, and obviously after the World Cup they'll have a break, and then the Six, six Nations will start in February. So, yeah, no, it's, it's just great to see him putting on the jersey. Uh, you know, it's great to see them all playing rugby, not just him. Uh, I think they, they've all just uh, done amazing so far. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of that old line, and even. In the guy and everything and they say the youngest one is even the better one I hear that I about know, Bobby yeah. is that true? I, so he's in the Toulouse Academy is that right? Toulouse Academy yeah under 18s um, yeah he's a, he's a big lad as well like he's already 6 foot 4 and you know let me guess what position he plays in thank you the second row back row yeah so yeah he uh, no he's uh, he'll do well but I don't I don't like to say how, how good he is or I don't like to make a difference between them they're all, they're all good and in their own way 
obviously, they must always, like, how interested were they in your career, Trevor, growing up? Did they ask you a lot of questions? <clears throat> they would have went to all, all the games. Like, I played in five finals here, three European Cup, two French finals, a couple of semi-finals. They would have went to all them games. But I think, you know what I mean, they spent more time out in the back pitch throwing the ball around, kicking more than watching the watching the actual game, you know, with the likes of Emil Intermac's son, Roman Intermac, and, you know, the kids, they always came to the game, they were always in the dress rooms. I think they have all their memories, but um, they wouldn't be the type that would sit down and watch any of my old games, like, uh, yeah, so, I think most of my games are on cassette now, but not DVDs, so I don't think there's a there's a video player around. <laughs> and obviously, they've done so much at underage level, and as you mentioned there, so, how proud would like what would it be like if they represented the French national team at some stage ah listen and you know is there no doubt but like that's the route they would be going was there any contact from Ireland about them oh there was a few years ago for Daniel when he was on the 20s to go to Munster and uh, I mean I just I just think he was too young at the time he was only what 17, 18 and uh, yeah it wasn't it just, just wouldn't have been the right time um, it's just I think at the moment it'd be fantastic if France never came looking for them let's say they've represented France up to now but there's so many good players in, in both their positions front row and second row um, but as I say for the moment it would be France because France have given them their education France have put them through a rugby school they paid their scholarships they played rugby club level so they've learned all the rugby uh, in France but saying that there's so many people who've played for Ireland over the years that say, let's say the Mac Hansons, exactly, let's say yeah. the Bundiakis, that that because these are players like uh, Gibson, Gibson so Park, you know, have added so much Irish rugby over the last few years. Like you see the rugby, Gibson Park's playing fantastic rugby. Bundiaki for me is probably you know he's be the, the best, best best five players in the world. Yeah, yeah. I know they talk about the punt, but Bundiaki, when you see the the ground breaks, he's uh, the yardage he's getting, it's just. Uh, you know, I mean, he's 33 years of age and he's playing the best rugby of his life. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, obviously, we got the news a few weeks ago about Anton Dupont, who plays with Toulouse and following on from Roman Entomac. What was it like around here, Trevor, when, when that came through? There's hopes now that he will be able to play if he's past fit for the quarterfinal. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That you know, I mean, and, and the quarterfinal, listen, that won't be an easy one in South Africa because you know, I'd say even the Irish dressing room after the game the other day, there was a lot of bruised and battered bodies and you know what I mean to come back psychologically you know what I mean to be wearing a mask they're talking about making a mask for his head I'd say if he, if he gets a mask made it, it'll be you know what I mean there'll be, there'll be someone who'll be out there making copies of it anyway everyone will be wearing yeah, it yeah but um, no, I just think you know what I mean without Antoine de Pont I don't think they're going to win the World Cup anyway you know he, is, he has been voted best player in the world for the last you know couple of years and if you talk to anyone you know in any team whether it be Irish, English, Scottish, Welsh New Zealand they all say he's the best mm. um, he's just he has the X factor he does things that you know what I mean you could you could study his game for hours and hours and hours and try and break him down how to defend against him but then he just does the was there a sense of gloom around here what was it like oh, in the bar and the pub it was like a death like, people are just still talking about it and I suppose there is that glimmer of hope if they get him back for the quarter final mm. but I think you know I mean the whole World Cup has just been built around it's Antoine de Pont it's like the Antoine de Pont show really mm-hmm. um, and then as you said a couple of weeks earlier they lost Intermac yeah I'm sure you know his dad yeah. and they lost uh, Julian Marchand now 
you know, these are all fellas. Uh, Cyril Boy was out for a while. Dante was out for a while. Paul Williamson. They just seem to have an awful lot of injuries in, in key positions. That's where I think, you know, you know, we've been very, very lucky in Ireland not to have... We are, we've had a few injuries, Dan Sheehan, different players, quality key players. But These are local heroes around here, him, himself and Roman Intimac. Well, see, that's the, that's the difference between Ireland and France. Like, Ireland have had a few injuries, but nothing major. Like, whereas France, they've had uh, Roman Intimac, Paul Williamson, the second row, Julian Marchand, the hooker, captain, uh, Cyril Boy, Dante... You know, and then obviously Antoine Dupont. Like it's been, you know, this is the Antoine Dupont show for the last couple of years, and everything is just kind of built around Antoine Dupont, and they build their game around him. And you know, what I mean, it's just he's he's just he's like having an extra forward. You know, with the way he plays, he's he's so physical. His skill levels are just off the charts. He can just do stuff that you know, no no coach can really defend against, no matter how many hours of video analysis you do do on the man. He just he just seems to break tackles and offloads and yeah, he's just a quality player and you know, obviously if they got him back for the quarterfinals, that'd be a massive boost for them but playing South Africa, I think, you know what I mean, he'll have to play the quarterfinals. They're saying possibly if back for the semis but you really need you really need Anton for the quarters because I don't think they'll get past the quarters without him. Yeah, and and obviously like two Toulouse um, icons. How, how involved are you with the club now? Obviously you have your sons there but yeah. how- no, listen, I did a bit of coaching for a couple of years, but once my kids started playing rugby, you know, I mean, my time was, uh, my time was uh, spent, you know, bringing them to training and bringing them to go and see them playing. You're cartering the matches, them around the place. Yeah, so, yeah, the weekend, uh, my, my typical weekend is I could be up and breathe on a Friday night watching Dan play breathe, you know, getting up hungover on a Saturday morning, driving back to Toulouse to watch Josh. Uh, and then on Sunday morning, you know, getting up again and going to watch Bobby. Like, that's that, that's sort of so... Uh, between doing that and running the bars, you don't have a lot of spare time. I'd imagine that. Yeah, and yeah. what do you like during games, like, particularly that uh, top 14 final? What were you like? Like, do you get really nervous because you you can't really do anything? Yeah, well, you can't, you can't do anything. I'll be honest with you, I think uh, La Rochelle possibly deserved the win you know what I mean they played the better rugby for 80 minutes but you know that sport 78 minutes you know just that gap opened up there Incredible. the fence someone ran up broke the line and you know in fairness it came from a pass off Antoine Dupont to Intermac and it just it was like just the Red Sea had opened up for him and you know what I mean I went from getting beers thrown on me for the last 10 minutes of the game and people from La Rochelle tapped me on the shoulder to to me, just turn around and go, yes, we've wow. done it, you know, that kind of way. So, no, but that's just sport, like. Yeah, and and do you, as a, as the other kind of famous Irish man in France, like, do you, would you be in touch with Ronan Garrett at all? Or? Ah, listen, Ronan, you know, anytime he's down when they're playing here, he'll always come in and have a drink. Uh, he's brought the team in here a couple of times, you know, when they play Toulouse, they'll have a, you know, the night before, they'll have a, a dinner in here and a few tapas and a few drinks and, that's what they tend to do. Uh, but yeah, no, Ronagar is just, for me, he's just been an inspiration for uh, La Rochelle. You know, he's had four finals in the last two years. You know, two European Cups, beating Leinster, one of the best teams in the competition for the last 15, 20 years. Uh, bring them to two French finals. Unfortunately, his bogey team has started to lose in his last two finals to Toulouse. But still, you know I mean? I, I don't know how far you go with La Rochelle, but... I think it's a shame that someone like him isn't back 
you know, in the Irish setup and coaching, you know, alongside Andy Farrell and Paul O'Connell. And I'd say that's, I can see that, you know, that that is something that possibly happen in the future, you know. Yeah, as we mentioned there, it's nearly over two decades that you've been here now. Are there aspects of home that you miss? Are there times when you really miss home or? I suppose really, listen, what you miss about home is uh, the people. Uh, the, like the crack, like Irish people just, you know, we're, we're special. We can tell stories, we can sing songs. Uh, you miss going to Crow Park to watch a, a Gaelic match or a hurling match. You miss, you know, just going down to your local and there's a fella in there singing with a guitar. You just, you don't have that. It's really the people. But as I said, listen, it's not like New Zealand or Australia. Like, take me three hours to drive from Toulouse to Perpignan. Take me two hours to fly from Toulouse to to Dublin uh, I'm sitting having a bacon and cabbage dinner in my ma's house a half an hour later so. or I can see you at the top yeah. of Clarny Mountains there yeah, that, that's it exactly but now listen I, I, I you know what I mean thankfully the mother's still alive and I, I love her cooking the bacon and cabbage and the Irish stews and things like that and what you miss is weddings funerals birthday parties things like that but as I say Listen, we have a great life over here. The weather's fantastic. I can't uh, believe it is still this warm, yeah, Trevor. Like I even know. compared to tour where I've just come down, it is. I know we're, we're. I think we're thirty degrees here today in Toulouse, and it's expected to be like that for the next two weeks. Yeah, it's fantastic. The weather, I say. I love the weather. I love the wine. I love the baguettes. I love the croissants. I love that you can jump in a car in two hours on a beautiful beach. Yeah, it's fantastic. What isn't it like? So come here, let's uh, finish by with Ireland against Scotland. Uh, are you going to make this game now or is your wife Absolutely. going to give you another no, present? No, to... I have the tickets there on my phone. Uh, two tickets for Ireland and Scotland. Yeah, I'll be going up the night before, soaking the atmosphere. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be easy either. Listen, it's going to be a tough game. Like, um, you know, Scottish rugby's improved over the last few years. And, um, you know, they obviously are hoping themselves to qualify still. They're hoping to beat South Africa and beat Ireland. You know what I mean? that that's They, they can still qualify, so... Um, but I think just... Yeah, just the Irish rugby and the supporters, like, I don't know how many people, was there 40,000, 50,000 Irish people oh, it was in Paris incredible, last yeah. week? Um, yeah, I could just... Just on the way Ireland are playing at the moment, I can't see them being beaten by any team. Um, Do you think they will win the whole just, thing outright? Listen, I think Ireland will, will win it outright. Just uh, stay injury-free. Uh, their front row is incredible. Their second row is their back rows. They have two or three players in every position. They're all just amazing athletes. Um, I just think just that they're a really happy camp. Like I remember they were down here in 2007 under... Eddie O'Sullivan just wasn't a happy camp but you just you know talking to ex-players and player current players uh, they just say you know I mean it's, it's just it's a really happy atmosphere like players are playing what they see in front of them they're taking chances it's not a kind of a you know the coach says alright in the 22 we do this and in their 50 we do this it's just you can see players just all playing with a smile on their face and you can see that like the you know from off the pitch during the week uh, you know, the court sessions and the bit of fun like with Greg Case being brought out yes. with Johnny Sexton the whole night. Like that's all stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, your coaching staff has to be and your management has to, you know, let you do that. And I think that, that that's, that's a massive thing. Just, they're an amazingly well-prepared team, but also just are, they're a happy team. And what happens if uh, Ireland ever play France at some stage? Who, who knows if it happens in the quarters or whatever? Mm. So what will you, will you be wearing the 
the Ireland jersey and what will this place be like? Well, I never wear a jersey, to be honest Do you with you. But see, the great thing is I can be for both teams and if France win, I'm going to say, oh, listen, and, and if Ireland... Listen, if I was to be honest, I, I, I've been living over here 21 years. I say the amount of French players are drinking my bar, like the Antoines, the Intermax, the Marshalls. Would they be in their loss? They all drink. Yeah, well, more so the other bar over by the airports, closer to the stadium, and they come in. And the players stay the night before games in the hotel just in front of it, and they come in for drinks after the games. And uh, yeah, that's kind of their bar, the snug. Uh, and uh, you'd know these guys personally. You know what I mean? When I first came over here, probably the first five or six years, I've been shouting for Ireland because I'd, I'd still know Victor Costello, Malcolm O'Kelly and Brian O'Driscoll and Gordon Darcy and Dennis Hick and they were all still playing in the Irish team. So yeah, I would have been shouting for them but, you know, over the years, listen, as I said, my kids playing for the French team, so many guys in the Toulouse team being involved in the French team. So yeah, I'd, but listen, if France got knocked out, you know, with a backup plan there, Ireland would be my number one team all of a sudden, you know? So I, I'm impressed that you think they can go all the way? Absolutely. I don't see, I don't, I, I don't even see France beating them, no. No. I think, you know, Ireland will beat uh, Scotland by, personally, I think 15, 20 points. They're well capable of beating them by that. Um, I think we have to put out a strong side again. We're at the stage now, every match is a final. Like, Scotland's a final. You know, the, the quarterfinals against the All Blacks is a final. And we've got to just take every game as if it's a final. And that's the way you got to play it. And just take it one match at a time, really. You can't be thinking about the final. But, you know, whether England, you look at the other group, you know, the England, Australia, whoever comes through there, you know, Australia obviously gone. Sorry, I'll take that back. But whoever comes out of that group, like if Ireland beats uh, the All Blacks, they, I don't think, you know, really... They should fear anybody. Yeah, and if uh, Ireland make the final, you won't be missing that one, Trevor, will you? No, no, yeah. no. Well, uh, yeah. Hopefully you can get me a couple of tickets, Sinead, yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> get me a press badge, yeah. will you? <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Oh, Thank you, Trevor. Thank you very much. My thanks to Trevor for his time in Toulouse. Rory Keane and I will be back on Monday to start the build-up to Ireland's final World Cup pool game against Scotland. Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.